Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the ME7 podcast. Gillingham remain at the top of Sky Bet League 2 following a successive fourth, or fourth successive, I should say, 1-0 victory, this time on the road once again against Crawley Town, a Crawley Town team who have had a brilliant start to the season up to this point, seven points from their first three games. We'd, of course, taken nine prior to kickoff, and we now have made that 12 with yet another 1-0 victory. That makes it four in a row in this campaign, early doors, of course, but a very good sign. Four, uh, three of those obviously coming away from home as well. So, as a matter of fact, today we've actually matched our total of away wins from the previous campaign, which was three, and we've done it within three weeks of this season. So, you know, <laughs> goes to show on one hand how difficult last year was, but how, how good we seem to be this year and the players we've got in who can make that sort of difference in comparison to last year so quickly as well. Um, yeah, the bottom line of today, um, not... Not the best performance we're going to see this season. In fact, I think it was probably the worst we've played so far this campaign, although it is early doors, as I say. Um, I think we really struggled first period, especially the first 25 or so minutes. We couldn't really get out, couldn't really create any good passages of play. And it was a, sort of a time where Crawley were showing the momentum that they bought from the first few games of the season. And we couldn't really match their intensity or their drive towards towards the game and getting a positive result. But thankfully, we rode out that... Um, that spell I had, including the penalty save from Drake Turner to deny Dom Telford. And then Gillingham got that lucky break that we needed. And it was, you know, shadowed you going down the left-hand side, ball into the box. We initially all thought it was Ashley Nadison who got the decisive touch against his former club. But it was, in fact, a, an own goal by Conroy. So we thank him very much for that and his hospitality and his kindness to give us that for the three points. And we move on. But, yeah, Matt, we'll bring you in uh, to start with today. Um, I think the underlining... Uh, point to take from today is um, not the most convincing performance, not the best performance we're going to have this season. Very patchy in some places and, you know, we didn't really play to our strengths whatsoever and for the vast majority of the game. But the main takeaway from that sort of scenario is if you want to win titles, if you want to gain promotion, you're going to have to do it the hard way sometimes and have games like this and suffer. But the best teams who do get those promotions are the ones that get through these games on the other end. Yeah, and do you know what? If if I was a Crawley fan, I'd be quite happy tonight because if my team are going to play like that for the rest of the season, they're not they're not in trouble. You know, they 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 outplayed us today. I thought I thought um, first half they started off a lot brighter than us. Uh, I did think we grew into the game in the second half. Um, uh, so, so in the first half, as the first half uh, grew on, sorry, uh, but in the second half, yeah, they they were basically all all over us, and all all we could do was defend but we stood resolute at the end of the day and we bring home three points and look you you sometimes you win beautifully sometimes you win ugly today was ugly but at the end of the day if you want to get promoted you've you've got to take you've got to get these ugly wins and and we've managed to pull it off today yeah we most certainly did simon we'll bring you in now, just before i ask you a question everyone who everyone should know that simon is the man who is behind us now having a Spotify um, to put our episodes on. So everyone who can't always listen to spaces and time or prefers an easier way to listen, we are now available on Spotify. And that is very much thanks to Simon Heads. Thank you very much, Simon, for that. Um, yeah, the game itself, not the spectacle that perhaps we might have fought with first versus third. It was very Cajun, very tight. Crawley certainly edged the whole game. I think in my honest opinion, I don't think we were particularly great today at all. I don't think we deserve to lose per se, but I think if anyone did deserve to win, it probably was Crawley. And yeah, like I just said to Matt Simon, I take it as a good sign that you want to win titles, you want to get up in the division, 
you need to do that. You need to win ugly sometimes, win games that perhaps on the, on the face of it you don't deserve to win. But those are the sort of results that, that get you over the line at the end, isn't it? I think this could be one we look back in, hopefully, in a few months and think, well, we didn't play particularly well that day, but that was one of the key results that got us to where we wanted to be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you play... We've got 46 games to get through this season, right? And we've only played four, so we've barely gotten started. But we're going to play well in some games and we're probably not going to get the result that we think we deserve. And we're going to go into games like maybe today's one where maybe we were a bit fortunate to come away with the three points. But just being able to keep that clean sheet, for me, that was the biggest the biggest thing from today. And also from Tuesday night where we were under the cost a little bit there as well. The fact that we've now got that stability where you're sort of... Up, I wasn't at the game today, right? So I was having to follow from afar. And that feeling of dread when you get into the last 10 minutes, last five minutes, you almost know that there's going to be an opposition goal scored in those last few minutes because we always used to fold in the last few minutes of games. This looks like a, Gilling, a, a different Gillingham side. We've got more about us now. We've got a lot more backbone. And I know like the summer transfer window and everything, the, the focus has always been on like the sharp end of the pitch. We've actually built from the back, which there's an old phrase, um, offence wins games, defence wins championships. It's an old American football phrase, but it applies in, in, in English football as well. If you're, if you're strong at the back, you're going to do OK. Um, the only thing that we need to be wary of, of course, is we have only scored four goals. And uh, I know Neil will be really looking to sort of sort of raise that figure as the, as, as, as the games go on, try and make us a little bit more a little bit more prolific in the final third and a little bit more cutthroat. But I think, you know, all the while we're winning games, it's fantastic. And the other thing that we all need to be aware of as a fan base is this isn't going to last forever, right? We're going to get to a point where we are going to drop points. We are going to lose games. And I think the important thing is we've built this incredible momentum over the course of, well, ever since, ever since Brad and Shannon took over the club, so that when we do inevitably drop points or lose a game here and there, that we all just stick together and, and continue to keep this positivity going because it's really pushing us up in, you know, it's, it's pushing us in the right direction. And four from four, four one-nil wins, four points clear at the top of the league. I mean, you can't say much better than that, can you? No, you most certainly can't. Um, Matt, let's get into the team sheet and uh, get what uh, your thoughts on what Neil Harris went with today. Maybe a potential surprise in there, certainly. Um the one surprise for me was to see Sean Williams come back in, considering what Neil said in the week about him having a knee problem. It looked like he might not make the Harris game. Harris out. He did. Harris what, out. Why would you say God. such a thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, do you know what? I, I think that was a tactical masterclass by Harris. What you, what, oh, what oh, you oh, saw oh, on oh, 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 I'm not, I, I was going through the old team first. All right, all right. All right. Jake Turner, Shad Alexander, Max Samer, Shadrach Oji. Scott Malone, Sean Williams, Ethan Coleman, Tom Nichols, Johnny Williams, Dom Jeffries, Ashley Nelson. Go. I don't want to go now. No. Um, yeah, that, honestly, that must have been some kind of uh, uh, ploy by by Harris because I, I think, I don't I don't know if everyone else does their sort of fan hub lineup predictions, but like I'm sure most people, I left him out of mine. Um, had Neil not have said that, yes, I think he would have been issuing to a first starter. So obviously this knee flare up, wherever it was, was was nothing um, uh, too bad. But yeah, again, I thought it was a great lineup to go with. I mean, again, our bench is so strong. Uh, you know, it, it, you're kind of dreaming sort of almost at this point. Um, 
I, I think bringing the the two um, the two Williamsons back in, um, yeah, I, th- I think that was. Uh, I, I would have said I, I did that in my my fan hub. Apart from obviously, I'd, I'd um, uh, I think Ethan Coleman instead of um, Sean Williams playing in in that sort of deeper position. But um, yeah, it was a great lineup to go with, and uh, I couldn't see any faults for it. And I, I expected us to to go at Crawley, but yeah, that didn't happen, did it? They came at us straight away. Yeah, they did. We didn't uh, stop particularly well, as we were saying. Um, Simon, what did you make of the lineup? Obviously, as Matt says, we weren't particularly expecting Sean to come straight back in. Johnny Williams also came back into the 11. Uh, Johnny's someone who, I'm not, I'm not going to say too much about him because obviously it's four games in, but I will say that I, I'm hoping to see a bit more from him soon because so far this season, I'm not really seeing too much from Johnny Williams, but I'm sure that will come. He came off with a knock today. Maybe it's a caution. Maybe it was something that forced him off. We don't quite know yet, but... Um, yeah, on the lineup as a whole, what were your thoughts and, and emotions before we got into the game? Well, as soon as I saw the lineup, I thought to myself, okay, he's trying to balance out being being sort of stable and uh, strong defensively while also carrying an attacking threat. Because very often when you go away from home, you'll see us sort of revert to four five one a little bit. But he wanted to keep Nichols and 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 uh, Nads up front together. Clearly. Um, but by putting Coleman and, and Sean Williams in the centre of midfield and almost having two two defensive midfielders in, in, in the middle of the park, just giving that a little bit of extra protection, I think he was kind of hedging his bets a little bit. The thing, of course, is we've got this incredible luxury now where you just have to look at the subs bench that we've got going into these games. And like all of the players that we're putting on the subs bench would have absolutely strolled into the team in the first half of last season. And been our and been our strongest players, you know. That's that's the difference we have this year. And to be honest, it's probably you know we probably aren't at the stage yet where Harris genuinely knows what his best eleven is. And I think he's kind of playing horses for courses a little bit and sort of trying different combinations out. And I think as as the season goes on, we'll start to we'll start to see slightly more settled selections. You know, clearly the back four is his first choice back four now. Um, which is a bit of a surprise given, you know, Connor Masterson, you know, I don't think anybody before the start of this season would have imagined Masterson starting this season as a sub. But, um, you know, the way the season's gone so far, that's just the way it is. But I think he was just trying to hedge his bets a little bit um, and using the running of Williams and Jeffries from sort of wide areas to sort of try and keep the uh, keep the Crawley defence honest and obviously with the two up front. So it was, it was kind of a balancing act. I think he was trying to strike without without overcommitting people too far forward. Yeah, I think that's certainly right in, in, in the vast majority of aspects of the game so far. I did admit, uh, Harris, that he thinks he probably got it wrong in the first half with how we started and, you know, the fact that we couldn't really like glove and call in the first 35 minutes or so when we were you know, very much on the back foot. But Matt, as Simon says, that the um, bench we had today, it was, it was, when you consider it to what we had last year, it's, it's really remarkable turn of form. So the subs, you know, for example, Glenn Morris, our number one last year, has been number one and player of the year for us at Crawley as well. Rob McKenzie, our top goal scorer so far this season, actually, actually might be joint with uh, Ashley Nelson now in all competitions, but still came in against Stockport, got the winner, then scored two more against Southampton, only on the bench. Connor Masterson, we all know how good he is. One off, if not our best centre-half, but at the same time, when Aimer and Shad aren't conceding goals, you can't make a valid reason to bring him in, I don't think. Uh, Jaden Clark, exciting winger, did well when he came on today, and then you have three 
EFL, not veterans per se, but people who played a lot of EFL games in Tim Zeng, McCauley, Bond, and George Lapsley, or I think a lot of promotions in that in that group of three as well. And you know, it goes to show the strength and depth that we do have today. And um, yeah, it, it is really night and day, isn't it, for what we had last year? And I think when Harris goes into games like this and he makes decisions based on you know who's playing well at the time and the options he has, it must be so settling for him that if someone's not perhaps performing to the best potential as someone like for like who's going to come on and not make us worse. You know, we were saying during the game when uh, Shad got booked really early on, he looked a bit shaky for once this season. The first time I've seen it and I think it was about three minutes in, he got booked. I thought, well, we might have to, you know, bite the bullet here and take him off in case he gets sent off. But then you look at the bench, you think, well, who are we bringing on? It's Conor Moss and it's just, it, for, the, for the level we're at, I don't think you could think of a more perfect substitution at this level, could you? No, absolutely. And this is what I'm saying. We're looking at our bench and, and you know, we're in dreamland as, as Jules fans. Um, you know, we've we've got, look at our strike force at the moment. As I said, we, we've got Ashley Addison, uh, Tom Nichols, who are obviously starting because, you know, they work so well together. But then you've got McCauley Bond on the bench that you can bring on to, to change the game. And I thought he was, was excellent, actually, when he came on. I thought he really led the line on his own really well. And, there was a potential maybe for him to to put his name down as a starter, maybe given for the sort of the first forty five minutes, maybe next week. Let's see. Um, but yeah, I mean, our bench is is just absolutely unreal. And as I said, a- any one of those uh, those seven could be in that first team, and and we'd be happy. No, you know, we would. None of us would be would be uh, upset. I mean. Um, Obviously, Glenn Morris back at Crawley. We, we all assumed he was going to be our number one. I've got to say a massive shout out. I thought Jake Turner today was absolutely outstanding. He was by far my man of the match, not just for the penalty save, but um, there was the header from Will Wright. Um, uh, a couple of other uh, sort of big saves he made. He was he was phenomenal today. But uh, yeah, our sub bench is just just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, most certainly is, and that's the strength and depth with perhaps one more still to come through the door, so we'll see about that one. Uh, I think it's only a week or so until the uh, deadline day window actually closes. I think the signings for loans goes on a week or so further after that. I think the window in terms of uh, the upcoming closing one is down to uh, permanent signings, so we'll see if there's anything on the loan market. Uh, Kenny Jacket was watching, as reported by um, the Arsenal Youth Account, he was watching a game between Arsenal's and 21s, and I believe Leicester's under 21s last night, so who he's looking at there, we're not so sure, but that's a conversation for later on in the uh, in the episode, maybe. Um, Simon, yeah, let's go through what happened in the in the first half then. So Jill's very much on the back foot for the first 15, 20 minutes, certainly. Crawley making it lots of the early running. There was a great ball, it must be said, from uh, Rural Wright. I think it was a corner that went all the way down, all the way to the back post. And that or Saucy, or Rissi, or Saucy, I don't know. He um, had a great opportunity to tuck it in at the back post. We put his shot just wide and then we had some more warning signs. Shot from distance from Ronan Darcy, easily caught by uh, Jake Turner. Then Dominic Telford was able to give someone a slip in the middle and get a shot away, but just wide of the post. And then the uh, moment that Crawley, and if I'm being honest, I know we're joining in podcast, but the moment Crawley deserved, I'd say, at that point came in 15 minutes. Um, it, it's, it's a tough one, this, because I, I thought at the time it was a penalty. I thought Shea, was very much hurriedly trying to get his arm back by his side, although I think it was quite not massively out, but I think it was out enough. You know, if you look at the handball rules, especially with VAR and the Premier League, I don't think anyone really knows what the set rule is per se, but I think it probably did hit Shea's arm when the ball was flicked up towards him in the end of a quarter counter attack. And um, 
yeah, they got given the uh, the award the pot, uh, spot kick, and Dom Telford stepped up, the Crawley captain, and he had a bit of a hall of shame performance today. But you know that's his problem. Um, yeah, he stepped up to the right hand side of Jake Turner, who guessed correctly and managed to palm it away. He came back to Arisi or or Saucy, can't get his name right, and uh, his shot was also saved by Jake. It looked for a minute, Simon, didn't it? That it was going to be one of those where you know you're celebrating saving the penalty, and then you have to go back down to earth and the rebounds put it straight away but Jake to be fair to him got straight back up again was able to make the double save and I think that moment in the game would you say it's it, it it's a bit of a game changer I think we would have had to have seen a different side from us if that goal had gone in because obviously we've not been behind we've not conceded the goal all season we've always scored first and gone from there so it would have been interesting had it gone in to see how we adapt and how we play when we're the ones who need to chase the game and to get a goal but thankfully we haven't had to find that out just yet yeah, it was a real let off, wasn't it? And it would have been a real test, as I say. You know, we haven't we haven't had to deal with any real adversity this season yet. It'll come, it'll happen, and uh, that'll be a real a real indicator of, of of how we'll do as the season goes on in terms of how how we we'll react to those those bad moments, whether it's going behind, whether it's having a player sent off, or whatever it might be. But yeah, just, you know, the double save from Jake that's that's what they drill for all the time, right? Is make a save, get straight back up, and then. And you know, be ready to save another one. And you know, that was that's the sort of thing they drill for all the time. And uh, the way he bounced straight back up and sort of spread himself and made the save, sort of the old uh, Peter Schmeichel sort of starfish approach to uh, to you know to sort of saving the rebound. But that was great stuff. And in terms of the penalty, it's one of those like anyone who's watched football for for any length of time will look at that incident and go, "That's not handball." But in the modern game, it is. It's it's one of those where it's where the handball law has changed so much over the years where it, you know, there's the zero intent seems to be required at all. Now it just has to, has to hit your hand and be to your benefit almost, or to deny some. So, uh, so do you think it's one of those, do you think it's one of those where obviously everyone's so used to seeing VAR and Premier League games and things like that, where yeah. handballs get given for virtually everything. It sort of changes when you're watching a game that doesn't have VAR in the lower leagues, it sort of changes your perception when these things happen of what could be handball and what couldn't because you see it in the Premier League so often you see calls that are given for handball where you think that's probably not handball and you see things that you think that's probably handball and it's and it's not given. So sort of, for me, when I'm watching it, because obviously I watch Premier League games and I watch the league games as well, yeah. I'm sort of looking at it with a different perception to what I would when I, have, I know I'm watching a game with VAR compared to one where I know I don't have VAR. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. I mean, even even today, like watch Spurs Man United earlier, and I think the only reason Man United didn't get a penalty for handball is that the camera angles weren't conclusive enough because you you know the actual point of contact on on the hand, the you know the uh, the actual incident was obscured by uh, by another player, and I think that's why United didn't get a penalty because I think it was one of those that you see penalties routinely given, but. Yeah, it's interesting. Like in, in in the lower leagues, when you don't have VAR, you know, it's penalties can be such game changing decisions, right? That you know, you would think that a referee would want to be absolutely sure before he blows his whistle. But to be honest, I I didn't have any complaints when when I saw, you know, I, you know, I heard, first thing I heard because I was sort of following online was that obviously we conceded a penalty. Subsequently, I saw the incident, and I'm like, okay, you know, that's that's the modern game that we're in, and. The ref has seen it and he's given it. Um, you know, it, it's it's just one of those where you know, like the law is so different from, from certainly from when I when I started watching football when I used to play. So 
Um, it is the way it is. But as I say, you know, and when 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 I saw that it was going to be Dom Telford taking the spot kick, I I didn't I didn't really fancy our chances to be honest. I thought he'd tuck it away pretty calmly, and it was a pretty poor penalty in the end. He didn't really hit the corner with it. Uh, good save by Jake, and then obviously got up and saved, saved the rebound. But um, yeah, it was. Is a scrappy old day at the office for for the Jills, but when when the players needed to stand up and and uh, sort of do their job, so to speak, they they did so really well, particularly defensively. So you know, Jake, you know one of one, you know one of the outstanding performers on the day. Yeah, um, Matt, let's get your thoughts on on the award of the penalty and whether you thought it was the right call because. Simon makes a good example. I only caught the second half of the uh, Tottenham Man United game as I got back, but I think I saw the incident uh, that he's referring to. I think it was in the first half of the game, and it was one of them where you know you think in your head that is a penalty, but then you know with VAR, it's never really a clear and obvious case. As much as they like to point out, that's what they're looking for. Um, I, I thought I'm more inclined to say it probably was a penalty, just because I thought Shay's arm was a little outstretched initially, and then. He brings it back in, but I think at the time of contact, it probably was a penalty. But regardless of that, it was a save by Turner that he deserved a moment like that for his own individual spotlight. He's been brilliant so far this season, and he deserved to have that little moment where he was the main character, so to speak, because he deserves that moment. And, you know, it was a good save. And something interesting that Matt, that Jake said after the game is, you know, we talked about all these quality connections with, um, you know, Nadison, Nichols. Right, Morris, um, none of them scored or anything like that today, but there was a moment where the quarter connection came off for us because it was Tom Nichols who was pointing down to the bottom right-hand corner. He's very good friends with Don Telford, his, uh, his Tom, they played together before, of course, and he was pointing down to the right-hand side and Jake saw that. He took the gamble, went to the right-hand side and he saved it. So although Nico didn't get his goal today, he certainly uh, made his uh, links with Crawley an impact for our benefit. Yeah, he did. <clears throat> yeah, I noticed that as well. That was uh, quite cle- quite clever from uh, Nico to do that. Um, look, the the penalty. I've got to say, uh, you know, uh, as all Jules fans, we're going to say it was harsh. All Crawley fans are going to say it's a dead cert. The, the 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 rule of thumb, obviously it, nowadays with referees, is if it hits your hand in the penalty area, it's got to be a penalty. <sighs> yes, the ball hit his hand. I don't think he could have done much about it. Uh, but look, at the end of the day, Crawley had the opportunity to go one nil up. Jake stood big and made the save. I mean, yes, it was a terrible penalty by by Don Telford. Um, that's sort of like a little hop before he he went strike the ball and you know, look, Jake saved the penalty, got up, made the rebound uh, as well. I think I, I think it was a, a fair result because yeah, as I said, I think as a Jules fan, you can say definitely that that is a, a harsh decision because you know the ball was hit from two foot away at him. He couldn't really swing his arm out the way, but that, that's football. Um, and I, yeah, as I said, I think it was a fair result because Jake uh, saved the penalty at the end of the day. Yeah, most certainly did, and it was a big moment in the game, as we said, Simon, because. We would have been having to see how we'd react to going a goal down, never mind conceding one, which we haven't done yet. And I suppose the wait to see the response and how we acclimatise as a team to that sort of scenario, we'll have to we'll have to wait. But um, it was Crawley who was still on the front foot after that. A big chance from we right ahead of downwards. Well, I say big chance. I think it was. I think it favoured Turner from where it came in. And right, I think had one of those games where the things we know he's good at in terms of good. Uh, Good dead ball delivery, good crossing ability. He did well, but I think defensively he struggled. Um, 
But uh, it was just a frustrating period for us, wasn't it, really? We got forward a few times and maybe the final ball was lacking here and there. We couldn't really create a good turnover in possession when Crawley were, were pressing us back and we got the ball back. We couldn't really turn it into a positive counter-attack. We were more just looking to get on the ball for a little bit of the game because we'd been starved of possession, really, for the majority of that first half. But the moment did arrive where we took the lead completely against the runner play, it must be said. Um, Shad Ogie down the left-hand side, pulled it across the box. We all thought at the same well, I certainly did. I thought it was Ashton Addison who got a flick on it to send it past um, Corey Adai, but it was the unfortunate uh, Conroy of Crawley Town who notched it into his own net. I think it was one of those where I've watched it back and in fairness to him, I don't think there's much more he could do. It's either take a risk and try and get something or divert it away from goal or leave it and then there's a tapping right behind you. So I think it's a bit of a poison charge for him in that situation, but it was a goal that we didn't really deserve at the time and it was one of those where you know, we'll take it under lucky circumstances in terms of the fact that we weren't the team of the ascendancy and it was an own goal. But, you know, it's another positive outlook on Shad Oji that, you know, we all see him as this powerhouse centre-half, which he is, but we've also seen the fact that he can now run down the wing and put a, put a ball into the, into the box on the byline. So that's positive to see from him as well from an offensive point of view. And, you know, like I said, Simon, it's one of those where if you want to be champion of a division or you want to get out of the division sometimes you need a goal that is quite beneficiary and comes with a bit of luck and we certainly got that yeah yeah sometimes it's better to be lucky than good right and uh that was definitely you know some good fortune that you know for the defender it's really un- unlucky for him because you can't leave that you know it was in that horrible position where he has to play it and that's that's the great thing, you know, if, if you can make defenders have to defend, if you make them have to make decisions in, in tricky situations, sometimes sometimes things like that go for you. And, uh, you know, OG doing the business down there on, on the left-hand side. I mean, if he doesn't get named in the in, in the EFL League 2 uh, team of the month, then there's something wrong with the panel who are uh, selecting selecting that line He has been outstanding uh, through the whole of this month so far, so... But yeah, I mean, you know, he's, he's making a difference at both ends of the pitch, which is which is great to see. But yeah, fortunate goal. But you know, give me give me another ten, fifteen of those this season, I'll be absolutely delighted. But you know what what you were saying earlier about you know we're under the cosh a little bit. This is the sort of game where it would have been great to have an Ollie Hawkins fit and and uh, available to us. You know, sometimes having someone like that who can just hold the ball up, take some of the stress out, take some of the pressure. And uh, just allow us to sort of build again. And uh, so we just haven't got waves of attacks just sort of constantly going towards our, our defence. But uh, obviously, you know, he's still working his way back to full fitness. Once he's back, I would expect to see him featuring quite quite regularly, especially on, on the road for these sorts of games where we are going to need to do a little bit of defending and having someone like that who can who can be a, you know, a real outlet for us with, with someone like a, an Ashley Nadison whose pace can play off him really well. I think that would be really useful for us sort of, you know, a bit further down the line, but you know, today, you know, winning ugly is, is absolutely fine as long as we're winning. But um, yeah, you know, great, great work from OG again, unfortunate for the defender, but you know, put these people in difficult positions and sometimes good fortune follows you around. So yeah, good, good stuff from us. One thing I did want to say, because I know he's listening, I would love to know what sort of emotional roller coaster Joe Comper went through today. Um, you know, leading le- leading Gillingham Football Club as a COO and uh, also being a lifelong Crawley fan, I can only imagine what sort of uh, emotions and uh, 
strange, strange feelings he was going through as you know over the course of that game, especially with the penalty and the save, and you know it must have been must have been quite an interesting one uh, for him. I've invited Joe, so I can see, I'll see if he wants to come on and, and let us know. He did want us to win the game today, so we will be happy with with, uh, with a certain degree. Um, but obviously, it will be slight undertones of disappointment due to the fact that he supported Crawley his whole life. But you can't win them all, um, Matt. It was uh, someone said a goal that came with a fair amount of luck, but sometimes you need that to get to where you want to be. Come the end of the campaign, and yeah, I think it's it was one of them where obviously it came out of the blue, really. We hadn't really threatened too much and we were very much second best in that first half. But again, if you can create something out of nothing and you can force a mistake, then it shows good ambition going forward and something that we've been struggling with for the whole of the first half. But if anything, if we've learned anything so far from this season and the consistent one nils we've had is that you only need one chance at a minute. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Four, four games, four goals, four clean sheets. Uh, nine, you know, sorry, twelve points on the Matt, table. Are you with us? Oh, can you hear me? Right, Matt's uh, going to reconnect. Um, Simon, I'll bring it back to you then. Um, let's let's talk about some certain individuals uh, today. Some who were very impressive. Some who um, potentially still have a little bit to do in terms of not seeing the best of them so far this season. I will start on the positive, obviously, and that would be. The man of the match for today would be Jake Turner. I don't think many people can argue with that. Um, in the first half, he obviously saves the penalty, gets down low to save the header from Real Wright. And in the second half, he didn't have many uh, clear-cut chances to save that I can recall off the top of my head. But there was a lot of balls coming into the box. I thought he caught a lot of them really well under a lot of pressure. And I think not many people would have thought he'd be in the starting eleven for the first game at Stockport. I was one of the one of the Jules fans who were signifying that he probably should be because I thought he'd had a really impressive pre-season and he hadn't let us down at any point last year. And I'm really chuffed for Jake personally. I'm really happy with the fact that he's now in a situation where he's getting the run in the first team from the start of the season. He's got five straight clean sheets, if you're including the game at Salford last year. And he's very much making that number one his own. And, and we all know Glenn Morris, obviously, there's competition for the places. Glenn will want to play, but Glenn will also be at that point of the, his career where I'm sure he understands that you know, being 40 years old and Jake being early 20s, that there's an opportunity for him to work alongside an upcoming goalkeeper who he can lean his experiences on and things like that. And it's only going to put us in good stead having what Neil Harris has described as two number ones. But Jake, at this moment in time, he's pipping Glenn to that number one spot. A penalty save today. Great um, goalkeeping uh, from him all game with terms of the catches and crosses and things like that. And other shots he needed to save. And I think if anyone had questioned whether Jake was the right choice to go into the first team from the first game at Stockport. I don't think anyone's really arguing it now, are they? No, you just need to look at the goals against Colum. says zero. All the while that stays zero, that means he's doing his job, right? And uh, I mean, it's great for him because he, you know, whenever he was called upon last year, he came in and did a really solid job. And uh, for him to have effectively won that battle to start the season as our number one um, is a real... A real sort of uh, tip of the cap to him from from the manager Neil Harris, and he's put his he's put his faith in him, and he's he's doing the business for us. And um, yeah, having having the younger man as, as as the starting goalkeeper, I mean, from sort of looking further down the line, that's obviously a real positive for us as well. And he'll be benefiting hugely as well from having Glenn Morris there, even though Glenn might not be the guy out there on the field playing in the starting eleven. Having having him alongside him just from a 
you know, from a from from a, a, a support point of view, and you know, using that experience on the training ground and helping him prepare and all the rest of it. I know that wouldn't necessarily be the role that Morris would would have chosen for himself. I'm sure at the start of the season, he'd much rather be starting the games. But um, that way around, we're kind of getting the benefit of both guys. You know, Turner starting and doing well, but we're still getting the benefit of Morris because he's he's helping Turner become a better goalkeeper. You can you can be sure of that and. You know, he's got that confidence. We've, you know, four clean sheets on the bounce in the league. Uh, we've got a nice settled back back line in front of him, which you can't underestimate. I mean, if you think you think back to the start of last season and, you know, seasons past where the team would be constantly chopped and changed around. We'd switch from a three to a to a four and the personnel would be changing here, there and everywhere. We've got a nice steady unit now. We've got, you know, that 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 back five, effectively, the goalkeeper and the back four. You know, that's that's a really solid unit. And yeah, you know, you could maybe swap in a Masterson and go to a five if you wanted to do that. But I think what we've got there is 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 a really, really strong, strong defensive unit there. And, you know, it goes back to what I said earlier about defences winning championships. And if we can keep that unit fit, healthy and largely free of any kind of long term suspensions, then then, you know, we should be we should be nicely set because they already seem to have struck up a good relationship between the group. And, uh, you know, we're seeing the results on, on Saturday, you know, we aren't blowing teams away by, you know, loads of goals. It's one nil each time, but each one of those is a huge, huge victory for our, our back five. And uh, Turner's obviously been, been, you know, one of the major factors in that. Yeah. There's a lot to believe in, in this team. There's a lot of players who, Fans have a lot of belief in due to the performances so far, and they go to the backroom staff as well. I certainly believe in Jacket, for example. Um, but I think the, the you talked about it there, Simon. The only issue slightly that people can talk about, and I think it's a valid reason as well, is that it's all great that we're winning one nil on the top of the league, which is fantastic. And I'm sure if someone offered you the opportunity to win every game from now until the end of the season one nil, you'd say yes without any hesitation. But there will be games where we're going to need to score more than one goal because we are going to concede at some point. I know that doesn't seem like it's going to happen anytime soon per se, but it will happen at some point. And I think the only thing that people are really looking for at the minute is that you know we need to be a bit more dynamic in the final third and create a few more chances and put those chances away, as it were, because sometimes there's going to be games where one goal isn't quite enough and we're going to need to prove that we can put teams to the sword in certain games, get more than the one goal to give us the best chance of winning the football match. And it's not something that worries me right now because I think we are going to be capable of it. But it's just, for me, and I'm sure for you, Simon, something that we'd like to see a bit more of. Just a, a few more goals. It's not a complaint because we've scored four goals and won every game. But maybe if we could get a couple more every game, it'd be a bit nicer. Yeah, 2 nils a lot more, a lot more uh, sort of stress, stress-free stress than 1-0, than that's for sure. But... You know, we've got potentially we've got an opportunity to really start to look at that side of things coming up. I mean, we've got Colchester United at home coming up. Colchester are currently bottom of the league. They haven't won a game. They've conceded seven goals already in three games. I think if there was an opportunity for Neil to sort of load things up with a slightly more attacking lineup and, you know, try and try and bolster that goal score column a little bit, maybe that's the you know, a good opportunity to do so. Um given that we've had those strong defensive performances, I think that's, and he said it himself, you know, he's been very, very clear that he wants us to be more ruthless in the final third and, and to, to be scoring more than just the one. So 
I think that's the next layer to our game. But I mean, we're building off a very, very strong base now, which is great. I'd much rather be in this situation where we're saying to ourselves, I'd rather win by more than one than being in a situation where we can't stop leaking goals and uh, we've got nothing on the bench to put on whenever we concede. As I say, you know, going back to the bench thing, I remember I was, I was even talking to a friend of mine. We've been dual season tickets for like 24 years or something. And uh, we were looking at the bench last weekend at Priestfield and saying, do you remember the beginning of last season? Whenever we went a goal down and we'd looked to the bench for something, there was literally nothing there that could improve us or give us anything. Now we've got the ability to, to mix things up and to put players on and, and you know, change our fortunes with, with some real quality. But I think this, this next home game with, with Colchester United might be an opportunity for us to really go for it and see if we can see if we can get the ball rolling with, with some of our strikers. And, you know, wouldn't it be great if one or one or two of our, our, our front men could get a couple of goals in the same game? That would be awesome. Yeah, Colchester up next week, of course. We'll do a preview of that on Thursday. Very, very um, dramatic ending to their game, uh, Simon Matt, I don't know if you saw the score, but I believe they uh, were 2-1 up with around 10 minutes to go. Ended up losing the game 2-0, I think, at uh, 3-2, sorry. I think the MK Dons winner came in the 110th minute of injury time, I believe it was. So, uh <laughs> Morale won't be uh, particularly high in the Colchester camp after today's result, but we'll be able to use that to our advantage, hopefully. And uh, we owe them one anyway for that horrible, horrible game of football we had at Priestfield towards mm. the end of uh, last year. We lost the game 1 0. Two players done their ACLs, and it wasn't a visually uh, appealing game for anyone involved. But uh, Matt, how's your audio? Can you hear us now? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Can hear you, yeah. Um, so, now you're back. Uh, just caught, catch up speed on what you missed out on those five minutes. So, just give us your opinion on uh, Jake Turner and his performance today. We've decided unanimously he's a man of the match today. I don't think anyone's going to argue that. A penalty save. Caught uh, a lot of balls that came in airily when he needed to. Some smart stops throughout the game. Um, just how important is it for, for Neil Harris to have two great options in him and Glenn who we can call upon to be both number ones. Obviously, only one of them can play, but we've got two uh, goalkeepers through the calibre of being number one choice and uh, yeah, how happy are you for, for Jake in general that he's been given his chance he's taken it with both hands as a goalkeeper should and he's, he's made that position his own so far yeah absolutely I mean I, I don't know if if anyone remembers I was saying last year that I believed you know he could be our number one this year I, I thought he was you know a really good goalkeeper the first time I saw him when he uh, down at um, I was lucky enough to go down to the preseason game at Dover where he played um uh, we had the uh, Charlton goalkeeper who had injured and he came on and, and I thought he was excellent actually that game and I thought wow he could be our future number one and, and he's got the number one spot at the moment and look it's up for Glenn Morris to try and take it off of him but when Jake Turner is playing you know that well and, and I, I think he was excellent today I think you know yes he's he's kept us in the game for the penalty save but he's obviously got up quick for the rebound okay I know it was directly at him but he still had to react quickly to get up to get to it. There was the sharp save from Will Wright, a couple of really good saves in the second half. Yeah, he was outstanding, and and I, you know, I, I it's going to take a lot for Glenn Morris to to get the number one journey, jersey back. But you know, I think we we've got a solid goalkeeper in Jake Turner, and I, I think he could be our future number one going forward. Yeah, we did, we haven't really glossed over the second half because there wasn't really much to report. Um, so I'm learning we can really have too much of a detailed discussion about the second half. It was a lot of Crawley having the ball in our half, a lot of sideways passes, trying to create an angle for a cross. 
which nine times out of ten Turner caught easily or it just came to nothing. Uh, Jules didn't really have too much of an attacking threat, but we did get forward a little bit more on transition. Uh, Jaden Clark coming on uh, nearly gave me a heart attack for the first ten minutes. He was playing near the fullback area because he's not naturally a defender, and I think um, he was up against um, that uh, left wing back who has a long name for calling. He's done well so far this season, so he didn't have the best of times, but. Going forward, he looked a threat. Um, yeah, Ashley Addison hitting the uh, inside of uh, the bar, I believe it was, was probably the best opportunity we had in the in the second half, where you know we weren't particularly great going forward, but we were a lot more solid defensively. We didn't really allow any chances for Corley, which is brilliant. Um, and yeah, the, state, the game sort of just petered out. It was nice to be in that situation. I don't know if you were the same time. I actually was when I was watching it, where. Before we got to injury time, I was really, really nervous. My legs were shaking. I was all over the place. So as we actually got into injury time, I calmed down quite a lot because I sort of got to the point in my mind where I was watching it thinking, actually, I don't think we are going to concede today just because Corley weren't peppering us per se. They had a lot of possession, but they were never looking like creating anything clear-cut in the final moments, which they didn't. And yeah, again, in the second half, one half chance where Nadison turned and hit the inside of the... Well, the crossbar, but other than that, I think that was the best chance of both teams in the second period. And once again, we managed to, to hold out and take the one goal under three points. Yeah, it's, it, isn't it amazing? You sort of throw back, I keep mentioning throwing back to sort of the first half of last year. Obviously, the personnel are different. The way that we're playing is different. We've got different people running the, you know, running the football club. A lot of things have changed. and But the other thing that has changed probably more markedly than anything else is the fan base like the like the the confidence that we now have the fact that we're not sitting there biting our fingernails down to the quick in the last 5 minutes of games now even though we are only winning these games 1-0 it, it we haven't got that sense of doom and dread as 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 we see the stoppage time board go up and see 3 4 5 8 minutes whatever it is it's like there's a lot more confidence now that the people we've got out there on the pitch have actually got this covered. Whereas previously it was kind of like, you know, can we squeak this one through and and, and somehow get away with this? Whereas now everything just feels, probably the best word to use that covers all of those things that I mentioned is the word competence. We've actually got some competence at the football club again, and it's been a while since we've had it across the board. And I think that has bred confidence in the fan base and, it's nice to go into the final few minutes of the game and knowing that we're leading and thinking, do you know what? I'm pretty confident that the lads out there are are, are gonna are gonna hold on. It's not gonna be it's not gonna be sort of like the Alamo. And uh, but yeah, it, it is it is absolute night and day compared to compared to sort of the first half of last season, and obviously a whole load of seasons leading up. So this is this you know it is a completely new dawn. It's a it's a new football club. It's a new a new team and uh, everything seems to be pointing in the right direction. And, you know, I'm doing my best not to get carried away because I've, I've seen a whole load of crap watching this football club for a long time, as most people listening probably have as well. So I think that should help us all keep our feet on the floor and to not, not get too overexcited. But I'll tell you this, I'm enjoying this much more than I've enjoyed anything in the last probably 10 seasons following the football club this is this is a football team that I think we can all be really proud of and a club that's being run the right way and uh, you know being 1-0 up going into the last few minutes you know we aren't we aren't absolutely sort of 
soiling ourselves worried about it anymore we think we've got the people out there who can actually get us over the line and they're doing it four in a row yeah I'm, I'm quite keen to not get over excited yet although I'm, I must admit on the way back I did Google out of interest as a League 2 team ever got on Invincible before just not because I think we will just because you know I thought it was an interesting question to ask on a Saturday afternoon with no affiliation at, to the at, yeah but the answer was is, is there has uh, there no. ever been? No. Oh, so so we, we're going to be the first, yeah? Well, you'd like to think so. But, uh, you know, early days. <laughs> I, so it does. I remember Arsenal when they were Invincibles. I think they drew about 33% of their games, didn't they? So not the most entertaining way of doing it. But we'll see. Maybe. Maybe. I don't really want to say that now and then come back to the podcast in a few months where I'm talking about a review of Call It At Home where we've just dropped the 17th in the league. So maybe... Uh, Maybe we'll calm it down. Um, don't know why I'm saying that to you, mate. You can never be calmed down by anyone in terms of your expectations, could you? No, no, no way. We, 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 we are literally going to be. We're going to win every game one nil, guaranteed. We're, we're going to we're going to have a plus forty five goal difference at the end of the season. <laughs> well, we can hope. Um, forty yeah, plus forty five one per game. Um, yeah, let's um, talk about you know the. the... The, not not the strugglers today because I don't really want to focus too much on that and I don't think it's particularly fair to just call someone out for being a struggler in a game where we weren't particularly great um, throughout the whole game. But I spoke about him earlier, Matt. Um, I do have a slight concern perhaps over Johnny Williams and Simon, you can come into this as well. I think in the first four or so games, I think he'd come off injured today as well. I think I'm just... I'm just waiting to see a bit more from Johnny because it's clear he has that quality and it's clear that we brought him in because of that quality. But... I didn't really see much from him today. I don't think I've seen much from him in any of the other games really so far this season. I think against Aquinton, he was probably his best game, but even then, I didn't think he was magnificent or brilliant or anything like that. I thought he was fairly good, but he's just one of those players where I'm hoping to see a bit more from him because I think when he does come to his max potential in his division, I think he's going to be a really, really good asset for us. I'm just sort of Waiting to see it, and it is obviously four games in, but I thought he had a bit of a quiet game once again today, and I'm just sort of just sort of waiting for, for Johnny to spring into life to us, really. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be sort of new club syndrome. You know, some players do get kind of get that there. They're a bit quiet for the first sort of five or six games, and then, then they come to life. Um, I, I think he's, he's slowly finding his place at, at the club and, I, and I, th- I generally think he'll turn out to be a very good player for us. I can't see, you know, he, he's got enough quality in there and you can see even off the ball when you watch him, uh, you know, you can see him tracking runs, you can see him, uh, you know, tra- tracking back and, and uh, picking up players and, and, and helping his team out. Uh, look, he, he is a good quality player. Um, on the ball, maybe he hasn't, you know, sort of set the world alight yet but I, I think it will happen this is a long old season to go you know he's signed for us we've got him for you know what however many years um he, he will he will come good he will in time it just you know it's going to take him a few games I think that he's in a very similar situation that George Lapsley finds himself in I think both guys are are quality footballers who who really thrive when they're actually given the ball and, and given the opportunity to actually run at players and, and, and commit defenders. And I just think that we haven't quite found their optimum position in the team yet. Um, obviously, Lapsley was has, has been used largely sort of off the bench, uh, whereas 
Johnny Williams has been has been started in 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 most cases, I think, pretty much. But I I see Williams as a ten. I see him playing just off a front man and playing in the hole. That for me is his best position. But then you've got to accommodate him within within the sort of the wider team structure. And if you've got Nichols and you've got Nadison and potentially you've got Ollie Hawkins who you might want to work in at some point, you've got you've got a lot of options there. And I think it goes back to you know what I was saying earlier about. Harris maybe not necessarily knowing his very best starting eleven yet. Um, I don't think we've quite found the right the right position for Williams yet. I mean, a lot of what I've seen of him so far, he's been operating largely out wide and sort of looking to looking to move in. But I think his best position is just finding the space between the front man and the midfield and and picking up the ball from there, turning and, and trying to draw defenders and making things happen. Um, and I think we haven't quite managed to get him into those areas yet. Um, but we are only four games in. Um, he signed sort of halfway through preseason, so you know I think I think there's 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 still plenty of time to go. Um, and it, you know, you, I'm sure people would probably say similar things about some of the other new signings. You know, I mean, like Nadison's hit the ground running right and has been banging the goals in, which is which has been great to see. But I think you know Williams is a quality footballer, and I think you know the more the more game time he gets, and the more we put him in the area where we know he can. He can do the most damage. I think that's where we'll see the best of him. It's just doing that within the confines of the overall team. You don't want to leave the team lopsided or with any, you know with spaces in different areas. So it's just trying to trying to get him into that lineup in a place where he can do the most damage for us. Definitely, yeah, it's the case with uh, Johnny, and hopefully we see a bit more from him uh, in the coming games. Although he might be out for one or two, we don't know yet. Depending on uh, if it is the injury that brought him off today, or whether it was just precaution, and um, we don't quite know yet. Um, Sure, when Neil's full interview and I follow comes up, we'll know a bit more on that. But um, yeah, I suppose, gents, to to round things off tonight, um, we can just look ahead to another home victory and a home game. Well, done a preemptive, perhaps another home uh, home victory when we take on Colchester. And I think it's a good uh, good time to quickly before we go, just to you know take into consideration everything that's happened this month so far. We've had. Four games in the league, four victories, three of them away, which is very impressive. And uh, obviously the cup win against um, against Southampton. So as we go into um, the final game of August uh, next week against Colchester, let's just uh, get your thoughts, gents, on... Um, well, I'm sure you're both going to say it's perfect because, you know, the table doesn't lie. But um, what do you make of, of the opening of the of the campaign so far? What's, what's impressed you the most and what do you think we perhaps need to do a little better and also as a plus a question, do you think we need to bring in any more players? And if so, what position slash positions? Yeah, I think to be honest with you, I like the squad we have. Um, I think if we're looking to bring somebody in um, to sort of bolster what we have, then maybe a a natural winger um, who can get wide and get crosses into the box. That would be, that would be a really nice addition. Um, but I also think that we're already starting to establish sort of the the team sort of lineup and, and pattern that we're looking to play. So it's it's making sure we don't upset the apple cart necessarily by bringing. Imagine we bring in like a, a loan a loanee from like a, a championship side or maybe even a premier a Premier League side. They won't be sending them to us to sit on the bench. So we need to we need to be wary of not with not destabilizing what we're building already. So that's something that needs to be really carefully considered whenever we're looking at loan players. But 
I think overall, I think we've got we've got quality throughout the squad. You look at the squad, we've got two or more players capable of playing in every, you know, covering every position on the pitch, which is, you know, for a League Two team, that's that's absolute dream stuff. You don't normally get that. So we're incredibly blessed in that respect to have a have a real have genuine strength in depth in our squad. You know, you could almost put two completely different 11s out Tuesday to Saturday and have two quality sides that you wouldn't have too many complaints about. So, as I say, that's a real blessing for us and we should remember that for sure. But I think in the main, the thing that's impressed me so far is the fact that we've been hard to beat and hard to score against. I think, you know, we've seen seasons where we've started off and spanked teams 5-0 on the opening day and Goals have been flying in left, right and centre. But as soon as we've gone away from home, things have looked a little bit tricky. The fact that we've gone 4-0, four 1-0 wins, three of them on the road is, for me, that's that's huge. That tells you straight away that, A, the defence is gelling quickly, which is, which is absolutely great to see and is so important for the season. B, it shows that we've got a little bit of backbone about us and a little bit of character about us because... You know, we aren't bossing these games. We're not dominating them for 90 minutes. And away from home, you're going to have to play off the back foot. You are going to have to sort of dig in a little bit. And we've we've shown that we can do that. And to me, showing that character, that resilience and that, that as you know, I'll go back to that word again, competence in defence. The fact that we're we're able to actually do our job and, and be be good at what we're doing and not been constantly making silly mistakes that we always used to make in the last few minutes of games. All of these are huge positives, but being hard to beat and grinding out results is, you know, especially away from home, an absolutely huge, huge takeaway from this point in the season. We are only four games in, so, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day and all that, but I'd much rather be where we are than where anyone else in League Two is right now. That is for sure. And, you know, Wrexham are getting all the, all the column inches. They're getting all the all the media stories and they're obviously scoring goals left, right and centre, but look where they are in the league because they can't, they can't stop letting them in as well. So I'm, I wouldn't swap our position and our squad with anybody else in the division right now. And uh, I think it's just a case of keeping our feet on, keeping our feet on the floor, not getting too carried away and just continuing to build on what we do. And uh, hopefully we can start to add a few more goals to what we're doing. Um, and then, you know, as and when we do concede goals, which will happen eventually, we know we've got what we need in the tank to sort of turn things around and, and continue to keep keep that good form going. But yeah, over the moon with how things have gone so far and uh, let's see how far this can take us. Yeah, Matt, same for you. So, right, I, I know Brad's listening and I don't normally like to pitch players, but I've got one for him. And I believe he lives pretty close. I think, you know, it's like an hour's helicopter ride away. But I think Kylian Mbappe might need a new club. Uh, no, look, for me, uh, in terms of the squad, I am, I'm happy with what we got uh, if it was to stay the same. If, and look, I, I'm, this, is not, this is not a hint, Brad. I don't want you to go out of your way and do this. But if there was like a big marquee name that came in that everyone was like, oh my God, how the hell have we got him? Fair enough, but if, if it, that doesn't happen and, and we just get a couple of you maybe youngsters in on loan uh, from um, from uh, as Simon said from a couple of like championship or Premiership clubs, again I'd be more than happy. Uh, but no, I am I am pretty happy with with the squad we've got at the moment. I said for me it would just be if there was a you know say a big name marquee signing or something that would be just the icing on the cake. 
Yeah, it certainly would. Um, reminder to everyone that our first live show, uh, first look back live 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 show from Priestfield Stadium is coming your way next Sunday, so the day after the Colchester game, where we'll reflect on the month of August, which has been a hundred percent record for Jules, four wins, uh, well, five wins in all competitions, four of them one nil victories, and of course the three one victory over Southampton. Hopefully, we'll be adding another victory to that list in preparation for the review on. Sunday with a victory over Colchester on Saturday afternoon, which we can hope would arrive. And uh, well, we'll keep the hopes up for that and the way things are going. I think we're very much favourites in that game. Um, remember to tune in to the breakfast show with Matt tomorrow morning, where he'll be taking all of your comments from today's game. So if anyone has anything they'd like to ask Matt, then please do comment it uh, throughout the night and let everyone let, uh, let him know that you want to ask a certain question or whatever that question is. Let him know and he will get it answered. Um, uh, there is one question that did come in, um, the one I'm going to nick from you, Matt, for the show tomorrow, unfortunately, but there's going to be a lot I, more that come for you. But this is one I wanted to discuss just on the show today because I think it's a interesting uh, point. It is the last one we're going to talk about today because I'm aware it's like 20 past nine and everyone's been out all day. But Gillingham uh, Tedadai has questioned, uh, what do you think of Bond's performance when he came on? I know he didn't have long, but I thought he looked good. Um, Simon, I'll, come, I'll put it to you first and then Matt. Um, He's made two sub appearances now, one at uh, home to Egerton, one at Sutton. I think today he was his best cameo for us. I thought he got involved really well. I thought he gave the defence some some things to deal with that he wasn't perhaps doing in the other two games, which of course down to fitness. And I think you can see him getting a lot sharp. And I think although he didn't manage to have a clear cut chance today, I thought the work he did to keep, to keep us up the right end of the field and to make the game difficult in the last few stages for the quarters and the halves, I think you're seeing. Slowly but surely, the signs of the really good striker that we know is there, know he's going to be there for a League Two campaign, and it's just a case of getting him up to, to full fitness now. And I think, from what I've seen so far, when he is at full fitness, he's going to be an asset for us. I think McCauley did did well for me when he did come on today. I think that's the thing, right? Is you know he isn't fully fit yet. You know when he came on against Accrington, we're sort of looking at him, thinking, okay, he looks like he hasn't had the same preseason that the rest of the guys have had. He's probably a couple or three weeks off, probably being right where he needs to be. Um, and these these substitute appearances where he's getting like 10, 20, 30 minutes, that's that's just going to get get miles in the tank for him. And hopefully within, maybe by mid-September, he should be absolutely firing on all cylinders. But he's going to be a big player for us. I'm absolutely sure of that. I mean, he's capable of playing a much higher level than... Than we're at right now, and he, he has played at a higher level. So, you know, we're we're very fortunate. We've got the likes of him, we've got the likes of Scott Malone and people like that, and, and Johnny Williams who have have done it at a high level. So, um, I think as long as we manage his fitness well, you know, don't try and rush him too much. We're we're fortunate enough that we've got we've got some manpower in terms of you know striking options. But um, yeah, I think as long as we don't have to rush him too much and force him force him to. Uh, to do a full 90 before he's fully ready, then uh, I think we're going to find ourselves with uh, with a really, really useful useful front man. And, you know, and, and Neil Harris will find himself with a, a pretty major selection headache because we've got some quality up there to choose from now, which is great. Look, I've got to say, I'd start him next week. Honestly, I, I, I would actually, from what I saw with him today, I, I thought he looked excellent. And I'm not saying to give him 90 minutes next week at all, but... I I I I'd like to see him start a game. I, I don't know who I would uh, if I'd play him up the top on his own, or if, if I'd pair him with one of Nichols or or, or Madison. But um, no, I I'm, I really like the look of him, and 
and I, I honestly, I, I think we've got a. He's a hell of a find, hell of a, a catch, and I, I think the goals will will start flying in with when he is fully fit. Yeah, there is a uh, game on Tuesday night behind behind closed doors game, which I expect on. We'll see. Uh, we won't see it, but Macaulay Bond will be playing in. I would have thought uh, Max Clark as well, probably, and then the likes of uh, Joe Bode, Ronald Sisto, they'll probably be involved in that as well, and some other players of that ilk who haven't been in the uh, first team squad either this season or in the last couple of weeks. Max Clark, unfortunately, uh, it's just really unfortunate at the minute, just the former Scott Malone, that he can't get into the squad at this moment in time. So he'll be one of those who I would very much expect will be involved in that game on Tuesday night, and hopefully that will help Macaulay. Uh, up to speed as well but um yeah the breakfast show will be back with matt tomorrow on uh sunday morning to get your questions in for him to answer and then we'll be back thursday evening to preview uh colchester's visits to me7 and hopefully look ahead to another victory but um yeah matt simon thank you very much for joining me tonight as always and uh yeah jules make it four wins in a row four one nil wins in a row and whisper it quietly it might seem early to say but it is factual. Gillingham are top of the league. Good night.